And MLM Rebel is a new breed of network marketer, smarter, truly independent, and free. MLM Rebels wage war against the soul-sucking corporate world and against network groups who would rather preserve doctrine than helping people get results. MLM Rebels recognize when the world changes and changes with it. MLM Rebels don't believe in duplicating things that no longer work and would rather work without a safety net than within the confines of one. MLM Rebels are only involved in opportunities that give everyone an equal playing field instead of a top-heavy one. We don't care about the sacred cows of MLM, we don't care about the industry, and we do not care about the way it's always been done. We care about people following their gut. We care about people being able to quit their jobs now. We care about people being with their family instead of their boss every day. We care about people being with their family instead of their team all day. We care about people living free. We believe a truly free networker has multiple streams of income. We believe a truly free networker's creativity isn't shackled by their company's contract. We believe a truly free network marketer actually knows how to market and that they run their business like a real business. MLM Rebels prioritize faith, family, business, sacrifice sacred cows, build their own empires, never rebel against each other, and change the world. MLM Rebels know they are not confined by doctrine, not stifled by the past, and know they are one business away. My name is Zach Spear, and welcome to MLM Rebels. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hope you're having an awesome day. And uh, excited to spend a few minutes with you right now talking about something that um, is just a, a constant thing that we all have to keep in mind. It's one of the biggest lessons in your business, in my business, in marketing specifically. Um, and I want to just talk with you about it from a few different angles right now. Um, but a uh, quick little personal update. So, I am driving uh, home, Um, as you probably know, or as you might know, I shouldn't say probably, I guess if you've been following this for a while, you know that I'm a pretty avid skateboarder, Um, so I grew up skateboarding, and uh, anyway, we moved about three, four months ago, and we we literally lived like 10 minutes away from like a world-class, world-class skate park. Um, where like lots of pros go and stuff like that. And um, so we live in the San Diego area and that's like, it's like the hotbed for pros. And so the area that we lived in was not as nice as the area we moved to, which is interesting, but the just, it's just one of those like parks that just, they just did it right, you know? So anyway, um, I drove out there today. It was like 25 minutes away and I'm stuck in traffic on the way home. Um, and by our new house, we we have some world-class skate parks that are just not like my style anymore. They would have been my style when I was growing up, but I've had to change my style a little bit because I'm, I'm older, I'm less uh, less desiring injury, um, this kind of thing. So um, to go and make the kind of 25-minute investment drive one way, that's with no traffic. You know, like right now, it's taking like 35 minutes to get home, maybe, maybe even longer because of I'm sitting in it uh, right now. Um, so... I just don't go there very often, which kind of bums me out. But as I'm leaving, it just was, I didn't even push myself really that hard today. I was just like getting the flow back of that park, but I just felt so much better because it's like, it's such a, it's so, it's so much bigger. It's so like, everything is steeper. It's more intense. And so you just like, you just, you're going to get better, you know? Um, And so I really missed that feeling and uh, all the people there, I, you know, I went there for like almost a year, almost every morning. Um, so I just, you know, know a lot of the people there and just love the vibe. And so anyway, that was a lot of fun. Um, I kind of wish to push myself harder, but at the same time, I didn't, <laughs> it wasn't my intention to go super nuts and I definitely don't want to hurt myself. 
um, which you can do if you push yourself too hard, too fast type of thing. And I've been getting back into lifting weights, which uh, I was really consistent for like nine months before COVID. Um, and then the gyms shut down and stuff. And, uh, to be honest, I just didn't, I just didn't keep it going after that. I, uh, I would just, I transitioned into skating full time. Basically that was my workout, which is an insane cardio workout, but you're obviously not building any like muscle mass. Um, and, uh, and doing like calisthenics body weight stuff. But just a couple weeks ago, well, a couple months ago, we just got in a few weeks ago, we bought a home gym. So like the whole kit and caboodle, you know, uh, we turned one of our garages into a gym. So we'd like put the floor down, like the gym floor down. Um, we bought the, like all the rogue fitness equipment. So we got like the power rack, which is basically like this gigantic squat rack, um, that, you know, you can use to basically do anything with a barbell, right? Squats, deadlifts, um, bench press, it holds all the plates, all the weights and stuff. Um, we got the bench, obviously the barbell, um, got, got, uh, dumbbells. Um, they're the uh, adjustable ones are called power blocks. So I was, did a lot of like research on which ones that we wanted. Um, and so they are one of the more, one of the more premium options. Um, but I just didn't want to have to replace them, you know? So, uh, they go, they go, down to five pounds and then they go up to 90 pounds, which is cool. And we got some kettlebells and some other stuff. So anyway, I've been lifting as well, which uh, obviously takes a toll on your, you know, strength and stuff while you're recovering. So um, clearly I didn't want to like jack myself up. So that's the personal update. Probably a little longer than you wanted, but maybe not. Um, so what I wanted to talk about is is just the most important metric, and you probably know this if you've been listening to the show, if you've been following our content, you probably know what I'm going to say, but I find myself continually having to remember this. So if, if I've been saying this for years and I'm still like having to remind myself all the time, I feel like it's a good reminder, and that is that your most important metric is ultimately money in versus money out. Okay, it's cost per acquisition um, versus your average sale value, your average order value, or however you want to slice and dice it. But bottom line is this, if you're spending more than you're making, you have a problem. Okay, most people have no problem understanding that. That's pretty easy to get. Where we have trouble, where most people have trouble is you start focusing on all these other metrics. Okay, so in the in the advertising space, I'll talk about this from like a straight network marketing perspective in a second, but from like an advertising standpoint, people will get really obsessed with cost per click, click-through rates, impressions, all this, all this nonsense, honestly, that might give you some level of like symptomatic ability to diagnose things, but really, I've never really found it to be ultra-useful. When you... When you focus on the tactical pieces of advertising, you generally have a really hard time. When you focus on the psychological sides of it, you have an easier time. So I, I kind of think about like I've never, I've never, I've not done a whole lot of like trading, like trading stocks, but I know that there are two types of traders. There's like tactical traders and then there is uh, like value traders, people that like do research on the company and they find out all that stuff and they, they hold the stock a lot longer, all these things. And tactile traders literally learn like how the graphs work, all the little markers and stuff like that. And both are totally viable. And I think the same is here with advertising. Both ways are viable tactically and like psychologically. Um, or we could even call it value-based. 
but I would, I would give the immense weight to a value-based or uh, whatever, uh, psychologically-based advertiser time and time again, because virtually every big direct response advertiser that I see doing well is focusing on the psychology. Um, they're focusing on a, 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 an offer that solves a problem in a starving market that is desperate for that offer. They're not obsessing over little metrics. So I kind of view people who are obsessing over little metrics. If there's anyone like a big advertiser that's doing that, it's generally a really big company with corporate marketing people and their life is not on the line if they fail. Like they just might, you know, not get their bonus or something. So it's totally different when you're putting your own money on the line. You have to feed your own family with your own efforts. So as you're advertising, stop worrying about all that stuff, okay? You need to focus, and you're, when you're first starting out, you do need to focus on cost per lead, that's your best metric. Then you move into cost per application, assuming that you're doing an application funnel. Then you move into cost per acquisition once you have actual acquisitions, and that's all you care about. So it doesn't freaking matter if your leads cost $85 a lead if you're closing every, one out of four of them and you make a thousand bucks per per acquisition, right? Because you would spend like 400 bucks, you'd make a thousand, so you'd profit $600. Who gives a crap if your cost per lead is $85? And so I'm having to really look at this myself right now because we, um, part of our offering in our team is we have uh, a, a basically a lead distribution system where people can um, kind of do a co-op with us and we'll send them leads that we generate so that they can close them and add them to their team. Well, I'm very focused on cost per lead for that, right? Very, very focused on it because if it goes too high, I, I can't, either one, I'm losing money giving the leads out or two it's just too high for people to deal with. So I'm very focused on cost per lead, but something that I've had to also think about and really look at in our metrics is like, make sure that I'm leaving ads on that have a better cost per acquisition, but a worse cost per lead. So maybe I'm taking it in the teeth up front a little bit, but I'm knowing that I'm going to have a better makeup on the back end. So anyway, that's why it's fresh on my mind. Um, but for sure, for sure, for sure, if you're not sending out leads, like, 100% of your focus should be on cost per acquisition. Like once you get your, once you know that your leads and apps are decent, you just, you need to put all your focus in cost per acquisition. Nothing else matters whatsoever. Okay. Um, the next side is with like network marketing stuff. Okay. So, or salespeople or yeah, I shouldn't say salespeople, but I'm trying to make sure this is relevant for you, but let's just talk about, yeah, let's say you have a sales team um, that's fine. But also let's talk about your people in network marketing, people on your team and yourself. You know, I remember, and, and this still is the case, but I'll have people give, like, give me different metrics that they're focused on because it makes them feel good. All right. So again, there are metrics to track that's true. Okay. So you should track how many people you're talking to. You should track, um, activity. You should track presentations and all of these different things. Okay. That's all great. Fine and dandy. But ultimately what it comes down to is, are you bringing people into your business and are you making money? That's what it really comes down to. So when you're first starting out, it's kind of like the advertising thing. 
you can focus on the on the earlier metrics because you don't yet have any concrete data on the later metrics. So you can focus on simply activity calls, right? Then you can focus on how many presentations am I getting? Then you can focus on, you know, how many times am I asking for the order, right? You can just keep on moving down that line and eventually start using those markers as, you know, symptomatic places to diagnose problems from. But as soon as you can, you really need to move into the real metric, which is enrollments and how much money you're making. That's what you really need to move into and not let yourself off the hook um, for, you know, having crappy metrics. Um, I've had really successful salespeople, really successful people do that, that were doing quite well and they'll start to slip and they'll start telling me about all of their metrics that have nothing to do with closing the deal or enrolling the right people. And I'm like, dude, I don't freaking care. Like I, I literally do not care at all. I not at all, not even a little bit. So stop telling me that bull crap. It doesn't matter. And there's a huge, huge difference. You'll find that the higher you go in performance or the higher level performer you have access to or is coaching you, they care less and less and less about anything but the bottom line result. So I guess that's another tip for you as you are like a going to an upline or going to um, anyone in a, I think an upline is a great, is a great example, right? So if you're going to an upline, if they're like a whatever, a so-so, you know, like they're not full-time yet, they're just, they might not think this way, but maybe they are, maybe they're a so-so, but they're on their way, right? Like, you know, they're an absolute beast. They're just on their way up. Okay. If they're them, or if they're already like where you would kind of perceive at the quote unquote top, um, just know that no one makes it that high and stays that high very long if they have anything but a results focused mindset. So if you're going to someone like the most annoying thing in the world to me is, is what I just told you is the opposite of that. So if someone comes to me without a results focused mindset and start, starts focusing on everything, but the bottom line. <clears throat> so I guess it's a little free tip on, uh, on doing that. Um, so with that being said, uh, oh, and by the way, high performers know how to spot BS a mile away, like sales BS, because I used to do it. Um, and so I can kind of communicate this. So like if you're having a crappy month or a crappy week or a year or whatever, and someone says, Hey, how's it, you know, how is it going? And if someone starts saying all the stuff that had happened in the past or that it will happen in the future, but isn't happening like right now, I know it's a complete smoke screen for the fact that they've got nothing going on. Um, so like, even to this day, you know, like multiple times a week, I will talk to our top performers and every single one of them, not a single one of them hasn't done this. Well, that's not true. There's been maybe one, maybe two that they're really, really high achieving people. And so maybe they haven't done this, but other than them, maybe there's a couple, forgive me. Almost all of them have done the whole like you know, this is what happened in the past. And this is what I've got going on next week. I'm like, I don't give a flying crap what's going on next week. I care what's happening this week, right? Because next week is always tomorrow and the future never comes tomorrow never comes. So anyway, um, 
probably went a little bit off topic here, but maybe someone needed to hear that stuff. So anyway, guys, hope you have an amazing day. I am out of the traffic now, but I am probably five to six minutes away from the house. Um, and um, following this new Hyundai looking thing, I don't know. Some of these new cars are so dumb looking. I don't even know what it is. Uh, I'm like a huge car guy. I have a lot of respect for a lot of cars um, at all levels. But this Hyundai is awful. It is like the nastiest little SUV I've ever seen. Kind of looks like those new Mustangs. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen those electric Mustangs. But no offense if you've got one. Um, but uh, I just don't understand the electric Mustang. It's like a little SUV thing. Um, anyway, this kind of looks like that electric Mustang, but but worse. Because um, electric Mustang is like, in a weird way, it's kind of maybe cool, but also maybe not. But this is definitely not cool, this little Hyundai. Fun facts for the day. All right, hope you're having an awesome day, guys, and talk to you soon. Thank mm-hmm. you.